travels, aviation, tourism, lifestyle, and destinations while learning the people, learning the people, culture, and everything in between, one episode at a time. Introducing your host, Tyar Arishadare. Welcome to the Traviator. Learn the world. Yeah, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Tayo Orishadari. Welcome again to another episode of The Traviator. Um, on today's episode, we'll be discussing that aspect of aviation that people don't naturally like to talk about. Some people actually um, refer to it as the dark aspect of aviation. Actually, a lot of airlines around the world also a dark website. Um, I hope you already have an inkling, and if you don't, we're gonna let that uh, after all. Uh, but to discuss uh, this aspect of aviation is uh, someone who I can trust to discuss it without that sentiment that people would naturally bring into discussions like this, uh, especially when in this part of the world, uh, the blood of Jesus is actually a bit more <laughs> than logic than logistics, than planning, than doing the right things. He's an aviation professional of many years and he's actually honed his skills over time and has his own sort of reputation in the, in the industry. I heard about him first as a professional with the defunct ADC Airlines after which he joined the then Virgin Nigeria. And I remember as part of his as, um, responsibility in Virgin Nigeria, he led the GO team. Uh, the GO team, as it then was, uh, was a team that would naturally have planning, have uh, drills, have trainings, refreshers, um, to prepare people for unforeseen circumstances. And as you also know that when things happen sometimes, it might actually be the end of a business. So in uh, order to ensure business continuity, they also factor um, happenings like this into their planning and um, where it happened, what are we going to do as an organization to ensure that the business does, uh, survives? Ladies and gentlemen, he also went further to working for another international airline uh, where he led airport team. And today, he's a managing partner of Ether Consulting. He's no other than Mr. Perceiver, which you, but I call him my bone, but not something likes. Uh, welcome to the studios. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> and I'm sure you giggled more because of the bomb beat more than any other thing. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I'm really happy I was able to bring you here. But just so you know, um, it took me a bit of time to put this together. But despite that, the notice I gave him was not only super short, I promised to get back to him. I didn't get back to him in good time. <laughs> and but with the very short notice, he was still here on the dot of time. I swore by anything before he arrived. And I was telling um, my team members that, guys, go and wait outside to receive him. If it's one second before two o'clock, he'll be here. And he didn't let me down. True to that, he knocked <laughs> just on the dot of two o'clock. Welcome again, Ebon. Thank you very much. And how are you doing? I'm good. And for those people who are not Yoruba speakers, uh, Egbo in the Nigerian parlance is just giving respect to someone who is older than you. He doesn't like the age factor, but hey, 
you're stuck here. Is there anything I can do differently? Uh, <laughs> Welcome again. Good. Thank you very much. So today we're going to be talking about that um, that topic called. I mean, uh, this topic um, is managing aviation emergencies, especially from an airline perspective. Um, accidents do occur. Accidents will occur. How ready are we for it? Can we be? Can we actually be ready? Actually, yes, we can. It takes determination. It takes commitment. The biggest word there being commitment on the part of the company. But I'll flip it back a few steps. Um, emergency response planning and management is part of your business continuity plan. Right. Um, business continuity management in an of an airline, be it military, be it civil, it's it has to be a part of it. Because no matter what happens, life must continue beyond the incident or the accident. And on top of which, um, ICAR regulations pass through the National Civil Aviation Authorities of each sovereign state requires every airline, um, every airline or airline operator, airport operator actually as well, to have an emergency response plan. So it's not doomsday prophecy. No, it's, it's... you know, like they say, Boy Scout, be ready. So why do you have to speak about this dark side of aviation? It's difficult. It's like talking about death. People don't like to talk about death. I think husband and wives, parents and children must talk about death because it helps prepare the mind for it. It's inevitable. Every time airplanes take off and land. Oh, I shall not die. But <laughs> prefer the name. <laughs> no, but on the planner's side, every time a plane takes off, and lands and there's no incident is a day closer to your incident so your probability is higher with the high um with with your frequencies being higher or your flight rotations higher it's just probability just increases for anything to happen i wish i can wish away what you just said now (laughs) (laughs) i wish i could wish it away too i hope i'll fly again (laughs) no i think flying is the people ask me to come to kano for instance if it's free by road, I'd rather pay, pay and fly. The risk is greater, but the time is shorter. And um, aviation is just dynamic. It's interesting. It's it's a bridge. Be that as it may, our statistics actually reveal that aviation is still the most efficient, actually the safest of uh, all the multimodal transport systems we have around the world. So saying this now, what actually constitutes an emergency or emergencies or potential emergencies in the aviation sector, particularly from an airline perspective? Uh, accident does just happen. Uh, they start from mistakes, from errors, miscalculations, human factor basically. But then again, they are, it's a whole spectrum what accidents and incidences are. Uh, you've got the loss of altitude, you've got the loss of cabin pressure, you've got bad turbulence, you've got a plane overshooting runway, you've got a plane losing an engine or losing both engines, you have a plane landing and losing its landing gear or about to land and the landing gears are not um, extending. <laughs> there are all sorts. There's so weather-related... What's incidences. left in a vision that is not a potential accident? But the probability of these things, it's... It's limited to the different parts 
you are operating from. Somebody who lives in Alaska already knows it's cold weather, it's snow, it's all sorts. So there are certain checks, pre-flight checks you must do. You stay in the desert area. You, there are also some things I expected of you. So we who live in Nigeria, we know we have a rainy season. We have a hammer. And I heard somebody talking on the radio on the phone this morning and the <laughs> visibility is poor. There's a minimum you must um, adhere to. If you fail to fail, to take on the minimum and something happens, it's not weather that caused the problem. The primary responsibility or primary cause is neglecting the information that requires you to make informed decisions. So that's human factor. But yeah, like we say, accidents are things that happen. We can plan for them. If we choose to in this industry, we must plan for them right. in this industry. Otherwise, we lose customers' um, confidence. Okay, so uh, I wonder how you sleep. Just the, the way you were reeling <laughs> out the potential, the potential causes of incident. My body was actually cringing. Like, and that is coming from someone who's had maybe more than more than eighteen years experience in the industry, and I still feel that way. So I can imagine you as a listener at home, um, what, um, how you feel. But maybe there's still some kind of ray of hope uh, at the end of the spectrum. How prepared are airlines for emergencies like this? There's always hope. That's all we live for. (laughs) The reason we prepare for them is we hope it doesn't happen, but in the event it happens, we hope we're ready (laughs) and we can act based on the hope that we've been trained. (laughs) But the interesting thing is um, it's part and parcel of a business. Right. I sell you a ticket. Part of my responsibility is if anything goes wrong, I must be able to take care of you. Just like if we don't deliver your bag or with something goes wrong, we have to divert and drop you somewhere else. There's a duty of care that we must be prepared to take of care, care of you. Duty of care, that is it. So it's a duty of care for every single company operating in the industry right. to have an emergency plan, even if it's military. So it's not just civil, it's military um, military as well. <sighs> I wish. <laughs> okay, so I was really excited about this. <laughs> But now I'm just thinking, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes, but I mean, if anything else, it gives you the comfort that airlines are not just moving from point A to point B and hoping for the happy times and just leveraging your funds. They're also really prepared for those times that just don't like to talk about. Um, so from the airline um, aspect of it, should there be any incident, any accident, near misses, air returns. What are the expected responses from the airlines? What are we to expect them to do from the airline perspective? Um, it's two-pronged. One, uh, there are some incidences that don't require anything. Anything, okay. Yeah. And there are some that require a certain level of communication, a certain level of um, compensation, compensation, a certain level of um, emotional support, and there are some that actually are way out there in the event of um, fatalities. So it depends on one. There's a standard plan, and in, in each of this plan, they address different things. Scenarios, so okay. it depends on what scenario you are dealing with. Right. Yeah. I think I'm just like signing a lot today because. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so is this uh, supposed to be a two-way thing or is it just supposed to be from an airline perspective? Are there roles that the passengers or the public uh, 
do we have pass they 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 need to play should they should they happen to um have happened around that locale or or is just one sided um it's interesting that you say that because what pops to mind or two things pop to mind one the incident adc in abuja it's unfortunate but we learn from those incidences that's what makes aviation interesting right if an accident happens it's thoroughly investigated outcomes published and then steps put in place that those things don't repeat themselves right. those incidences you never have the same incident except with uh, 73 max but that's story for <laughs> now with um the public there's definitely parts they can play i'll use um dana as an example dana went down in the middle of a city and um in such an area that it took a bit of time before the airport authority could get there mm-hmm. so the first responders were the local indigenous of that area right. and what they can do i think hopefully they did their best because i didn't go to the site but right. expectedly is evacuate as many people as you can without endangering yourself number two, if you can't help and you are driving and you hear sirens or people are asking for space automatically we have to understand that we must create the space mm, this is like But if you look at it this way that it could be your brother, your sister, my wife, right. my child in that plane That's and I'm true. driving in traffic. So this headiness of ah, I'm not going to leave the place. There's nothing in the car. We Never need know. to step away from that. You don't know who is sitting in that car. So true. in that ambulance at where a car might also be used for evacuation. So the important thing is one keep inward and outbound um roads free as really? much as you can. Yeah. Another downside for us here is we don't um it's not part of our education um to teach emergency response first, first aid, aid um, responders and all of that so you find people don't handle even in normal car vehicular accidents the way the injured are handled sometimes actually complicates their health issues thereafter right. or lead to their fatality so i think that is something we discussed at the emergency response one of the emergency response um, seminars or drills we had when i was um, in the airport and we agreed that the the individuals in areas of flight path right. the residents or their local community leaders that's the word they the community leaders of those communities around airports should and runways should be encouraged to be a part of the solution because if it goes down at 6 p.m. all civil servants have gone home some live yeah. within the airports but the residents wake up and sleep in those places they know the ins and outs of those areas that the best resource you have right in the material time of the incident so it's always um value add to yeah. bring them on and of course they can give you tips that you in your educated area would have written a a a, a manual without physically walking the path and even if you physically walk walk the path the people know the area better, better and can you. better help guide your uh decisions yeah listen gentlemen it's on it's not all um dark um beyond the fact that we as professionals are pre- prepared also you as um key stakeholders in the society especially for those like you said that live along flight paths and flight paths are those uh of you who are fortunate enough when you raise your head in the morning you actually will almost always see one aircraft just going and another one just following through that three trail it's a very chance that you live on a flight path when it happens as um 
Mr. Wicho uh, has rightly uh, posited, you should please as much as possible. Where you are able to help, help safely without endangering yourself. Lift um, uh, casualty victims or um, people that are involved in the accident the best way possible with the highest duty of care to a point of safety. And even if you are not able to help, perhaps if the least you can do is just clear the way for responders, you could be saving lives just by saving those few seconds. Mr. Wichry, thank you very much again for coming. <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> and I hope, it's not even I hope, I know that there are still more to tap from your wealth of knowledge. Um, but uh, why this has to come first is because I know that not a lot of professionals will be ready to discuss this. Thank you very much for doing justice to this. Glad to have. Thank you very much. Okay. And on Traviator, it is our culture that um, we know that there are different levels of truth. You have your truth. There's the world through truth. We hope to actually uh, find a meeting point between the world truth and your truth by bridging the gap with information. Until the next time again, my name is Tayo Orishadare. Keep learning the world. Thanks for joining us on The Traviator. Please stay up to date with us by visiting thetraviator.com. You may also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and all podcast outlets. Until next time, keep learning the world, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Traviator Podcast.